0: Let's put a nice big, distinct divider right here between Ed Asner and what we're going to talk about next, Adam. Okay, and that is the next nominations for our three room apartments. <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> what going to old timing? Of which Ed Asner is not a candidate. No, not for at least another two hundred ninety two days. At least, at least another 292 days. No, we're clear, bro. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Okay, so we are not discussing Ed Asner in the context of a three-bedroom apartment, but we are discussing (laughs) these three people. (laughs) So let's just jump right in. Our first nominee came from Bob Haynes, and this is from an article in Variety Magazine. Hollywood remembers Valerie Harper, a true comic genius. She played the Bronx-accented Rhoda Morgenstern, on The Mary Tyler Moore Show and its top-line spin-off Rhoda. The Emmy-winning actress died Friday at 80 years old after being diagnosed with lung and brain cancer in 2009. SAG and AFTRA president Gabrielle Carteris said in a statement, Valerie Harper is a wonderful actor who made us laugh and cry and laugh again. Mike Schur of The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and others said this about Valerie Harper. She was one of the greatest TV actors of all time, a true comic genius. She inspired me, and I loved her very much. In addition to The Mary Tyler Moore Show and Rhoda, she had starred in the first two seasons of the sitcom Valerie. She left the series. The name was changed to The Hogan Family, and she was replaced by Sandy Duncan. Harper's been in a bunch of other TV shows and movies since the 90s. Adam, how about Valerie Harper? Man, that's a tough one, bro. It's a tough one. I feel like she's got a lot of endorsement and she has over 70 acting credits. Well, so I, I realized that another, another quick uh, criteria that we, we haven't talked about before. First, do you recognize her name? Which in this case, I certainly do. Uh, the name is familiar. Yeah, but I, I don't... Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's about it. The second thing is, I think it's actually important which, which publication releases the story of their passing. It's uh, true. So in this case, Variety magazine is a is a long-time, well-established entertainment magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you certainly recognize Valerie Harper. She's been in many things. She's won awards, and her the news of her passing was published in Variety magazine. You know, listen, I, I'm not familiar enough with her. I, I, I would have never thought... I I remember the Hogan's family. I watched her on that show for the two seasons she was on there. I knew she was on Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. That's all I know about her. So if she's some sort of comic genius, I wasn't around at the right time to recognize that. Agreed. But a lot of really well-known celebrities think extremely highly of her. Yeah. Based on what I know about Valerie Harper, I would not vote her in. But I don't think I've got a thorough enough knowledge of her to say that. Same. I I could say more, but it would be the same. I I don't know her, but I mean, she's got high, high regard. So yeah, it's a tough call. So I I think I would probably vote her in, in spite of my personal lack of knowledge of her. What's your call? Same. I think that if you've got over 70 acting credits and, you know, and pretty well-known stuff, I mean, she was even in the office. um, I think that with the acclaim that she's received from a jury of her peers, that means a lot because she's got a lot of yeah. really good credo or you know credit from A-list celebrities. So I think that yeah, I think that holds water, you know, for sure. I agree. All right. Well, when we took it out to our group, the Gravity Beard Interns, and held our interns choice poll, Valerie Harper was the top vote getter with forty seven percent of the vote. Oh. Well, good. All right, Adam, we have consensus, and that means that Valerie Harper will occupy the second room in our 13th apartment alongside animator Richard Williams amazing 14 apartments bro uh 13 apartments all Th- right 13 apartments we're getting close to the 14th so close so close okay well let's see if our next candidate will round out our 13th apartment thus creating the opportunity Adam for someone to kick off the, the 14th apartment and here's our next contestant T Boone Pickens jr. Adam was a swashbuckling Texas oil and gas entrepreneur whose storied life cast him in the disparate roles of corporate raider, defender of shareholder rights, unlikely environmentalist, and controversial philanthropist. The efforts of raiders like Boone helped profoundly change American corporations by forcing management to acknowledge the supremacy of the shareholder. At the apex of his fame and fortune in the mid-1980s, He appeared on the covers of national magazines, owned vast ranches, and crisscrossed the country on corporate jets. He founded and headed the United Shareholders Association to lobby for war rights for ordinary shareholders. Mr. Pickens also headed a nationwide campaign to push for energy self-sufficiency through the exploitation of natural gas, wind power, and solar energy with the aim of reducing the United States' dependence on oil imports from the Middle East. Despite his balanced energy well into his later years, towards the end of his life, after a series of strokes, he became more accepting of his mortality, and he was quoted as saying this. Just a year ago, I felt immortal, wearing my age with pride, even joking about it. Last year, I opened a speech with this. It's a quote inside a quote. Interesting. The other day I turned 88 and realized my life was half over. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I refused to call my 2008 autobiography Life in the Fourth Quarter because, well, hell, I I wasn't in the fourth quarter. But things have changed for me since the strokes. I clearly am in the fourth quarter, and the clock is ticking. T. Boone Pickens died on Wednesday at his home in Dallas. He was 91. Adam, does T. Boone Pickens deserve to be in a three-room apartment. Well, I think the real question is, is he a celebrity? Well, into our last apartment, we just admitted Ross Perot, who I think is very comparable to T. Boone Pickens. Yeah, but Ross Perot was definitely a celebrity. Right, but we also admitted Herb Kelleher, the CEO of Southwest Airlines. Yeah. I forgot why. <laughs> what our What our justification was. Because he founded one of the nation's biggest airlines and fundamentally changed the way the airlines do business. Yeah, I mean, if he did that here, then I mean he would get a slot in the uh, in the apartment. I would say, given given the bullet points in this article, I would I think T. Pickens more than changed the landscape of the of the industries that he was a part of. Okay, I'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> and. I used to run into T. Boone Pickens at the, uh, at the deli I used to go to for breakfast. No kidding. All right. So are you voting T. Boone Pickens into our, the last room in our 13th three-room apartment? Yeah, I'll vote him in. All right. Well, there you have it. Congratulations, Boone. Good job, Boone. Let's move on to our next candidate, who I think you're going to agree is far more controversial. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Yep. I'm very curious to find out what your feedback is going to be on this. Okay. Okay. James R. Lovell, the Dallas police detective wearing a white Stetson while handcuffed to Lee Harvey Oswald in one of the most dramatic news photographs ever taken, capturing the very moment when alleged assassin of President John F. Kennedy was fatally shot by Jack Ruby in 1963. On November 24th, 1963, two days after the Kennedy assassination, Mr. Lovell, was escorting Oswald through the basement of the Dallas police station in preparation for a transfer to county jail. He was on Oswald's right with his left wrist handcuffed to Oswald's right wrist. Oswald's hands were secured by a second pair of handcuffs. Another detective, L. C. Graves, was on Oswald's left, gripping his upper arm. I told him, Lee, if anybody shoots at you, I hope they're as good of a shot as you were. Mr. Lovell said in 2005. (laughs) Meaning, of course, that they would hit him and not me. He kind of laughed and said, this is what Oswald said back to him. You're being melodramatic. Nobody's going to try and shoot me. (laughs) So as they walked past a group of reporters and photographers, nightclub owner Jack Ruby stepped out of the crowd with a pistol and fired a single shot into Oswald's midsection. In a... a, (laughs) gosh it's bad being wrong i know <laughs> oh well so bad in a moment captured by dallas times herald photographer robert h jackson ruby's hand is extended holding the gun as Oswald grimaces in pain mr lovell wearing a light colored suit leans back startled by the gunshot looking directly into ruby's face millions of people watch the shooting on live television But Jackson's photo, which won the Pulitzer Prize, remains one of the most indelible images of the 20th century. It's a powerful picture. Yeah. James Lovell died August 29th at a hospital in Lakewood, Colorado. He was 99 years old. hell of a time to be wrong. Now, I will tell you this. That article, I think, came from, I don't know, like the the Washington Post or something. I'm sorry that that one came from D Magazine, but there were other articles. But but I, I that was a very very small portion of the article. The article actually told a much longer story about how Jim's Jim Level was actually the the primary one of the per, two primary detectives that investigated the Kennedy assassination from the from the Dallas wow. Police Department. So so he had a much deeper involvement than just being the guy that was handcuffed to Oswald when he got shot by Ruby. Sure. Um, but still i i i don't know this is a really really tough one in my opinion he he played a major role and w- at the center of obviously one of the biggest events in american history and you know he's in one of the most famous photographs in american history i honestly don't know if if he gets in or not i'm i'm on the fence on this one yeah no i think i'm with you actually um I mean, I hate to say that he's a hero and not also put him in the uh, in into the apartment. But at the same time, you know, he's a cop, and I love and respect the police departments. You know, but like, I wouldn't know his name in that in that photo. And he did a great thing, and but he was you know escorting a criminal, just a high profile one. So again, again, he did. He didn't just escort Oswald. He was one of the primary detectives that investigated the entire Kennedy assassination. No, no, yeah, and I get that. Um, but it was, he's a detective, you know, and uh, that he got assigned to that case. Let me say it another way, because I agree with you. And and this is something that I think we've explained before, but, but people just aren't convinced. We have a very, very high uh, bar for who gets into a three-room apartment. Yep. And here's the other thing that I was thinking about that I think needs to be explained also. The longer that, a, that something like this, the, the, a three-room apartment is is very similar to a Hall of Fame. It's not exactly a yeah. Hall of Fame, but it's very similar. And the yeah. longer that a Hall of Fame exists, the higher the bar is, to the point where people that were inducted early on in the existence of that Hall of Fame probably wouldn't make it in later. Agreed. 100% agree. Some of them would. Some of them, no matter when they were considered, would get added to that Hall of Fame. But many, yeah. many others, if you go back to the professional sports Hall of Fames, many of the early inductees, famous, famous athletes of their time, would not get into the Hall of Fame if they were reconsidered in the modern age. I agree with that. Therefore, the longer that the concept of the three room apartment exists, the higher the bar will be set and the harder it will be for new candidates to get in based on the candidates that, that most recently were admitted. I agree with that. I think that's a great, a great way to say all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Therefore, Jim Lovell did play a very significant role in a very significant event in American history, particularly Dallas history, but not he's not significant enough to get into a three-room apartment, which has a very, very high bar. Yeah, and it always sucks when we have to deny people entry into the uh, into the apartment, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. Okay. Well, then, I feel good about that decision. I think you and I have consensus. We admire the work of John, uh, of Jim Lovell, but he does not get into a three-room apartment. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely love the guy. Respect. For sure. Much respect. However, we'll not discuss those here. We'll discuss those at next week's meeting. Perfect. So for now, our work is done here. If you'd like to nominate someone for consideration or vote on an existing candidate, you can do that by joining the Gravity Beard interns on Facebook and search Interns Choice Poll. Find us on Twitter by searching at The Gravity Beard. You can share your thoughts via our hotline. That number is 321-465-2180. Thank you to our friend Phil Rood for the illustration we use for our episode art. For my pal, Lord Saunders, I'm your co-host, TOF. This has been Three Room Apartment, a Gravity Beer production. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. You've been listening to a podcast of the PodFix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at PodFixNetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at PodFix on Twitter. Official underscore podfix on Instagram, at PodFix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The PodFix Network, artist owned and loved.